They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. This is They're Coming to Get You. My name is Brent Terhune. My name is Gavin Eddings. We are back for Season 5 of They're Coming to Get You. And want to give a shout-out real quick to our patrons. Hell yeah. Over on, over on Patreon, patreon.com slash They're Coming to Get You. Got some new ones since our last episode of Independence Day. Want to give a shout-out to Eric Sexton. What up, Eric? Got what that, up, Eric? Having that sex a ton, I bet. Am nice. I right? Nice. Nice. Uh, we got Marco S., who, as of this recording, just put on Patreon uh, in one of our polls. When you get to record new episodes, literally right goddamn now, Marco, okay? <laughs> right now, okay? I, we're, we, we needed a break, but we put these out as quickly as we can. So, Marco, mm-hmm. we love you. Thank you for being a member of the Thanks for Bringing Him Up tier on Patreon. But mm-hmm. goddamn, man. We, <laughs> come on, man. Come on. And we gave you two two in one week because uh, yeah, outside on. of season y'all, four, we gave y'all. you Return of the Living Dead and um, Independence whatever. Dead. Yeah, whatever that movie's called. Yeah. <laughs> Getting greedy. You give mm-hmm. them two episodes and they want more. Cheap. <laughs> Please feed me. Feed me. <laughs> but thank you, Marco, for being a Patreon subscriber. We yeah. do appreciate it. And also, uh, Blake Crouch uh, is at the Thanks for Bringing Him Up tier as well. So thank you all for being subscribers. We've got some new bonus episodes coming very, very soon. And, of mm-hmm. course, you get this episode early if you are a patron of our show. Yep. And there's two uh, bonus episodes right there on Patreon that will never, ever, ever see the light of day. Maybe one. Maybe sometime. But not anytime soon. Due to all the slurs, just mainly because of all the slurs that we say on the bonus episodes, we're like, yeah. this is paid content. We can see what it is. It's like HBO in the 90s. You can do mm-hmm. anything. It was like real sex. We were uh, touching things in the mountains. <laughs> this is, it's like the Red Shoe Diaries over there. <laughs> oh, David Duchovny. Yeah. Uh, like, you can hear it on, on Patreon, but everybody, everybody else has to watch it scrambled at 3 a.m. That's true. Where and like uh, you, you think it's a boob, but if they were to unscramble, it's like a bald man's head or something. Hey, whatever Actually, it took to know, get me there, it doesn't matter. You know matter. what? You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look a gift bald man in the mouth. Okay. <laughs> well, we're gonna, we might be talking about David Duchovny here uh, in a little while Ooh. as a little preview. So, Doo-doo-doo. what are we watching today? Uh, we are watching a heavily requested movie. People wanted to talk about this one for a while. It is 2000's Final Destination. And you know it came out in the year 2000 because the poster got that flying V. Yep, very much like uh, Scream. Like, uh, is I Know What You Did Last Summer. Did they have the flying V on there? I believe they had a flying V. The faculty. H2O. Mm hmm. Had a lot of flying Vs. Very, you could tell, 90s movie. It came out in 2000, but that's close enough where it's. (laughs) You can kind of look at a movie and tell that it was around the same the same time, you know? Yes. However, I did make a note because this closely resembled, as far as aesthetic, for me, the faculty, which we yes. covered last season. It has a very faculty feel to it with like the teenagers being friends or all in high school. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the fashion is much better in this than the faculty because the faculty had some weird choices with Josh Hartnett, but everybody here just felt like they looked okay. And, and it wasn't as, it, it didn't stand out as much as Josh Hartnett in the faculty. And his hair. And uh, his hair. And you that, know, that, that hair's so bad, we're talking about it 
on another podcast. <laughs> it transcends the faculty <laughs> episode and has leaked into this one. Also, I'm going to say, I had that Devin Sawa look for many years. Got that front flipped hair. You got oh, that. Yeah. You got that kind of. I used to have a gap in my teeth. Uh, just real, real twink boy. Just real. Uh, producer wife and I. This is a side note. We've been watching uh, True Life. You know that MTV show, True Life. Yeah, yeah, True Life. And the one the, we just watched an episode. It was True Life. I'm polyamorous, or I'm in a thruple. But it was three gay gentlemen. I remember that one. I remember that. And they they all had the same. Hair. They all looked like different versions of Clay Aiken. But, and then they tried to bring in a fourth who kind of looked like Chris Benoit a little bit. <laughs> you don't want to. If you're already in a thruple, you don't need to bring a Chris Benoit in. If you're no. a single person, you don't need to bring a Chris Benoit in. <laughs> but it was one of those where it's like. Everything looked the same back, and I don't even remember what year that that one came out. But it was everybody was Clay Aiken. It's like this fashion and the way this movie shot, the way they kind of play it, was very '90s. Goes with the faculty, H two O, all that stuff. Yeah. So you you can definitely tell like two thousand, like nineteen ninety nine to two, like ninety eight probably to like two thousand five. Probably ninety six was Scream. Ninety six to as we keep going, nineteen eighty seven <laughs> up to two thousand twenty three. Nineteen, nineteen, <laughs> nineteen eighty five. <laughs> <laughs> now, when do you remember the first time you watched Final Destination? I do. It was two days ago because I was watching this <laughs> and I realized I had never seen this one. You've never seen this one? Never seen, but I have. I've seen the the log uh, the log truck one. So that's two, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. As I it started, and I was like, "Huh? I don't think I've seen this one." <laughs> so, so that I- was a not a first, but uh, there's not a lot that we've watched on this show that either you haven't seen or I haven't seen. So I've mm-hmm. not. I had never seen this one. I'm I'm really amazed by that. So you just like I don't need the first one. I I can figure it out if I just start with the log truck one. But the thing is, I wasn't lost at all. You know. Yeah, and, and this past have, yeah, this past I, weekend I w- was doing shows in Florida. Didn't have a car, but the shows were in a movie theater, and I could walk to the movie theater. So during the day, I saw a couple movies. And I never seen Mission Impossible. I've never seen any of those movies, Gavin. Mm-hmm. So it all, it only makes sense that I start with number seven. <laughs> I saw Mission Impossible seven, and I really liked it. So I've seen the first three Mission Impossibles, and I could not tell you what they're about. I just remember having them on in the background because I'm I'm yeah. like you. I forgot there were now up to seven because I knew you had I had the- to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much Fast and the Furious, where it's like, uh, is this the one where they race? Yeah. Like. <laughs> Uh, they all kind of run together, and I've seen. I can't tell you which of the final destinations I've seen. I know the log truck one, and I know there's one where the somebody's uh, gets uh, killed by like a barbed wire fence, and I don't even know if that's, that's the, the second same one. one. Stuff. See, so I've seen <laughs> at least that one. I've probably I've seen, seen more number of them. Two, the I can I know them by their big disaster because these are big. You have a character who has a premonition about a big disaster that's about to happen. In the first one, it's a plane crash. In the second one, it's a big uh, pile up on the highway. Mm-hmm. And that's how I differentiate them. I'm like, well, second one's the log truck. Third one's the amusement park. The fourth one fucking sucked and is like a racetrack. It was like way too 3D. Okay. And then Final Destination 5 is like a bridge collapse, which was actually pretty good. 
Okay, I remember the bridge collapse because that was also uh, X Men Three when they had a bridge scene. So. And somebody in X Men does have premonitions, so I think you may have just watched X Men: The Last Stand and thought it was a Final Destination movie. You know what? I don't even think I've ever seen a Final Destination movie. Even now that I think about it, <laughs> but so so you but did you enjoy this one? It was okay. It was okay. A, it was. I could tell it was nineties. I do like the i the concept and the idea. I think it's a good concept of uh, death is just always looming, and it's not it's not a guy in a mask. It's not anybody chasing after you, but it's sometimes your time is your time. You know. Yeah, and I I remember watching this in the lead up to Final Destination two coming out, like in two thousand two, two thousand three, mm-hmm. around that time, and I watched it. Um, I just remember this movie came out in two thousand. I was in seventh grade, and. The eighth graders who were getting ready to go on a on a field trip to Washington D.C. and they're like, "Let's watch Final Destination on the plane," blah blah blah, because mm-hmm. of the plane crash. Get it, guys? Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew about it from there, and I I like this one. I think it's not as good as number two. I think two's mm-hmm. like the best one, and I think having death be the villain and having these accidents be like the main setup of the movie. It is its biggest strength and also its biggest weakness for me. Yeah, there's not... I think it would be so much easier to market the movie if they had Jason or Michael Myers, somebody they could attach to. Yeah. Again, I think we talked about it on the Return of the Living Dead uh, thing. If Like zombies, there's not really like a zombie mascot like they have with Iron Maiden. Yes. Whatever Eddie is, you can yes. kind of attach it to something. Yeah, but with Final Destination, it's just like, I guess maybe Tony Todd, because he he's kind of like the through line through at least the first couple of these, where mm-hmm. he shows up as like the creepy mortician. So you're like, well, is he death? What's going on with that? But I think what makes these movies so good, and what's so scary, though, is you can die in a bunch of weird ways just around your house. It makes your the, the household that you live in a death trap and mm-hmm. it's kind of fun when you go to a new location in these movies i remember like in final Destination three they go to a hardware store and you're like well what's gonna happen in the hardware store because just is it are they gonna get dropped up have a pallet dropped on them are they going to be shot with a nail gun will they get a circular saw t- to their face it's always like the rube goldberg machine of like how will these people end up dying that's exactly what i put in my notes i said all these are rube goldberg machines of it's the the beginning of what is it? What Pee Wee Herman movie is it? Where there's a Rube Goldberg machine? I don't um, know. I've never seen a Pee Wee Herman movie. That's I've never. You, really... you said on a bonus episode. You yeah. Never, I think it's the uh, the second one, uh, where it's like his breakfast is being made by a Rube Goldberg machine. So mm-hmm. you do go into a, in a location and you think, so is the saw going to swing down and hit the hammer and the hammer's going to fall on the blah blah blah? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So let's kind of get into the plot of this. You've got um, high school senior Alex Browning, played by heartthrob Devin Sawa. Oh, friend be of still you. my heart and my boner. Kind of your friend, right? He follows me on uh, on Twitter. I don't, you know, to what extent, I don't know. And I think the writer of this uh, follows me as well. Okay. And we're going ha- to go ahead and bring them on now. So, Devin, how are we doing? All right. Oh, um, all right. Thanks for having me. Uh, my voice is fucked up right now. <laughs> I'm the writer as well. So uh, <laughs> I wrote it. My name is uh, I'm Glenn Morgan and James Wong. Uh, my name is uh, <laughs> what? My name is who? My name is Chicka Chicka Devin Sawa. 
Um, but no, we 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 unfortunately could not get Devin Sawa because neither one of us messaged him on Twitter. Yeah, I don't I don't want to bother. So that you know, they don't bother me. The, us celebrities respect each other. You know, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> yeah. You know, he doesn't message you. I don't message him. It's a yeah. respect thing, you know. I, Brent, I don't want to. I don't want to out you right now, but Brent's been really hard trying to. He's he's been trying really hard to be on writer strike right now. He's like, That's hey true. guys, hey guys, can I come come hang out? They're like, no, no, you can't do it. You're not even a member of the guild. <laughs> I'm like, I'm wearing my armor. <laughs> Got my mail on. <laughs> but what yeah, uh, starring uh, Devin Sawa. And then what's the the blonde lady's name? Clear. What's her name? Uh, Clear Rivers. You've got played by Allie Larder, who was one of my teenage crushes. I thought she was very, very attractive. And she has that really, uh, she was in Legally Blonde. She was in Resident Evil. Um, she had uh, Jane Silent Bob. Yeah, she's one of the, she's part of the clit. Yeah, the, uh, I can't remember what it stands for, but yeah. the, the female clit. Is yeah. that what you mean? The click like command. The I am the click commander. <laughs> but Allie Lauder's in that, and I think I think what makes her attractive in this is that she's like the weird, like quiet, artsy girl mm-hmm. who has no parents and just has time to sculpt all day. And I was like, mm-hmm. just something about that really. Ooh, okay, I'm into this. You you see that she's grieving because she's got no parents, and you think you had a shot. Yeah, it's the same reason I'm attracted to Bruce Wayne. So. <laughs> As an adult, as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, as an adult. For that was a joke. For I am not attracted to comic book character child Bruce Wayne. You're just waiting at the grave (laughs) with with a rose of your own. Um, uh, Yeah, the anniversary's coming up, isn't it? We gotta. (laughs) You want to maybe check out Crime Alley after this, or Mm -hmm. you want to? I know there's a little burger joint around the corner. If you want to drop off some, (laughs) I bet Crime Alley was gentrified, and now there's like a Dave and Buster's there. (laughs) Well, come on down to Dave and Buster's. Batman's parents died here, but you can get two for one wings on Thursday. Oh, they got the Luigi's Mansion game. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so cool. Well, uh, Ellie Larder's 47, according to the internet, so you still have a chance. Okay, got that cougarness, got that like that. Um, this is just like a who's who uh, of early 2000s teen heartthrobs. Devin mm-hmm. Sawa, Ali Larder, Kerr Smith from The Creek of Dawson. Okay, I was unfa- I'm unfamiliar with that show, so this is news to me. Kevin Williamson from Scream yep. created that show. So Kerr Smith was on that. That that's where I know him from. You also have Sean yep, Williams. Stifler. You got Stifler. <laughs> uh and I think this is him at his most annoying. I Billy sucks. Billy, Billy Hitchcock. Is, yeah, he is just a and we'll get into him. But this is a pretty good cast of like young hot people. You got Amanda Detmer as Terry Cheney, who is uh with Carter Horton or whatever. But the whole thing is they're going to France for a field trip, and Alex is very nervous about it. Like, he's very nervous mm-hmm. about this entire thing. He's talking to his parents. He's superstitious. Also, he has a Goo Goo Dolls poster on his wall that I wanted to point out. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, dizzy up the girl. That's a yeah. poster you can have on your wall. It's always fun when you do look at those 90s movies and see what was hot. Like, you know there's going to be a cr- something Creed or, yeah, you know, on the walls. Human Clay. Just that creed out where it's like like the mon- like the mud monster coming out. They're, they're uh, a Christian we, band, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, we did forget that one of the FBI agents, Daniel Roebuck. Is that who that is? Yeah. Okay. Old, I uh, he he's put... Grandpa Munster. He's been now. in a bunch of stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, he was in one of the Phantasm movies, uh, a late Phantasm, a skip movie, if you will. Uh, <laughs> Getting Grace, he was in River's Edge. And I, I just know... I just kind of know him from the monsters and uh, other. He's like one of those guys where you're like, oh, I know that guy. I don't know what his name is, but I know him, you know? Well, he shows up in a lot of the Rob Zombie movies because you met him because he was like the Frankenstein who's like really horny, right? Oh, yeah. He's uh, he's in Halloween 2, which is the the best Halloween movie. <laughs> the one with the uh, horses. Yeah. Um, and he, he plays the strip club owner. He's like. Who wants to get fucked by the Frankenstein monster? <laughs> and I said, hey, can you sign my figure? Who wants to get fucked by the Frankenstein monster? I didn't say that, but that would be funny. That would be a good uh, that, that'd be a good piece for your collection. I knew he looked familiar. I did not know that that was actually Daniel Roebuck. So that's, yes, sir. And then you also have um, his uh, Alex's friend, uh, Todd, played by Chad Danella, who I don't know mm -hmm. what else he's been in. No, I don't either. But they're all very worried. You've got the Goo Goo Dolls. You've got uh, Alex not wanting to tear the thing off his luggage, mm -hmm. uh, which I it's bad I, luck. I've never had. Have you heard that it's bad luck? No, and I, I just I, it's rare that I fly to a show. And this past weekend, I did. I usually fly to Tampa, and after the fact, I I was like your eighth grade friends. I was like, I should have watched this on the plane. Yeah, I mean, you watch Terrifier on a plane, and you watch Midsummer at the gym, so why not watch Mata Say, like, this is a good yeah. part. This is a really good I part just right keep here. watching the first part where the plane <laughs> explodes. Hey, check this out. Check this out. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Um, every, you, they, they go to the airport, and that's where they kind of meet all the people. And I, I, I took some notes during this airport scene mm -hmm. um, where you've got, the you've got uh, Carter and Terry. I wrote, God damn, they just making out in the airport. They just really go for it. Yeah, he's kind of a greaser type, you know, in the hey. Halloween Five, riding around on a hot, a hot rod type thing, and just a hard ass for no reason. Yeah, and he's got that hot bod too. I assume. Yeah, it's like he was eating ice cream; it melt and then drip down his chest. Oh God! <laughs> oh, really? You hold. It. Can we take a minute? <laughs> <laughs> um, titties. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Vaginas, yeah, but I, I, I did write. I was like, they're just really going for it. Like they're like teachers are there, and they're like, yeah, but I can't wait to be in Paris with you. Yeah, one night in Paris with my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got, um, you've got Todd and Alex who go to the bathroom together because they realize they don't want to poop on the plane and maybe ruin their chances with some hot girls by filling the bathroom up with some poop. Yeah, well, because the seats are right next to the, you know, the bathroom is right next to the seats, so you don't want to open the door and then have it just fill the aisle way of your, your poop, you know? Have you ever had a poop friend? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not knowing. Maybe I've been <laughs> in a truck stop and, and just walked in at the same time. I had a, but, <laughs> I had a poop friend one time. Me and, uh, do you know Jesse Bush? Yeah, I know him. Yeah, Jesse Bush, I love him. He, I think he stopped doing comedy. Very talented comedian. And we mm -hmm. did a lot of shows together back in like 2014, 2015 together. And we would travel together. We had to go up to like Michigan. And we stopped at this uh, 
truck stop and we're like, well, we should poop. And then we just like sat next to each other, um, in each other's laps actually, and just pooped that way. But yeah, you did it, uh, facing each other. One was sitting on the toilet normal. <laughs> yes. Just lap. But cowgirl no, versus re- reverse now, cowgirl. And that's how you know you're close friends with somebody when you're like, yeah, we can poop next to each other and have a conversation while we do this. Yeah, I, I don't know that I want to be that close to... F- I'm friends with you, Gavin, and I don't know that I'd want to be poop friends anymore. I don't know if i do that. I think that part of my life might be over. I don't know if I want to... Like, That's somebody, how you know you're mature when you... Yeah, you're like, I don't know. Like, if I'm at work and there's like somebody walks into the stall and the next time I'm like, well, better head on out. Better, yeah. <laughs> better wrap and this up. The your time. phone volume's all the way up and you're just <laughs> playing uh, Matchbox 20, which is fitting <laughs> for this movie in the time period. Um. But yeah, I think that that and then you meet the characters. Do you do you find these characters likable? They're fine. They're just those two thousands teenagers. Yeah. So, like Sean William Scott is not likable. He might be the Franklin of the season. No, oh, maybe, maybe. If we could get him in a wheelchair somehow, <laughs> he definitely would be uh, uh, a Franklin. Okay, but let's get to the big part where they like everybody really talks about, it, and that is this plane explosion. Mm-hmm. Alex gets on the plane, and he has a premonition. A uh, premonition. A, a premonition. I hope you like that word. Cause they say it a whole bunch in this movie. Mm-hmm. And a premonition, and he sees the the plane crash, and he sees just everybody die, and it's not as big as I remember it. And since you've never seen it before. I'm so conditioned to the over the topness of of the second movie mm-hmm. that the first one is actually very tame and kind of lame in comparison. I thought it was a pretty big scene and I could tell that initially it was some kind of dream mm-hmm. or whatever, but then it, you know, of course it explodes 5 minutes later, but I thought it was a big scene and it it was very reminiscent of me even though Lost came afterwards. I saw Lost before this. Mm-hmm. Anytime there, you know, it's kind of scary. That's a real, could be a real fear of, you know, a plane going down or mm-hmm. the the wall getting ripped out. There was a news story recently. Somebody just opened the exit door when the plane <laughs> was in the, like, like a, some kind of asshole, you know, um, <laughs> just, Hey, am I, am I an asshole? If I, if I just cracked this window. <laughs> Real- yeah, just winds blowing <laughs> everywhere now, and uh, you know I spilt my uh, third of a of a Dr Pepper they gave me because they won't <laughs> give you a goddamn full can like a man. <laughs> this ain't America no more. This ain't the, this ain't the America my great great grandfather fought for. Yeah, he didn't fight for one third of a Dr Pepper. <laughs> he voted for the whole thing. He put Dr Pepper through college. <laughs> but yeah, like that's that's a like. People are on planes every day for work and for pleasure, and that—that's a real like could be a real fear. And planes do crash, you know. Oh, absolutely. And what it also shows you in this is the movie does a very ballsy thing by having people get on the plane, and you see like a baby and somebody mm-hmm. who has a mental uh, disability on there. Yeah. And even the characters like be a real fucked up guy to take down this plane, and it's like, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, where it's just normal people and you you realize that it just happens to it doesn't pick and choose. You could be a nun sitting yeah. there or mm-hmm. you could be a prisoner in transport and it yeah. doesn't care. It does not care. Are you afraid of flying at all? No. I mean, 
I think you know they say driving is more dangerous, and I, I'm confident that the the pilot's not texting like I might be. <laughs> I think I think for me, I'm always a little afraid when I fly. I, I it makes no sense because it, it is safer or whatever. But you have that moment when you're. When I'm in the air, I'm not afraid as much. It's like takeoff mm-hmm. and landing are the scariest part. And that's I think real- that's where they say is most likely something to happen is takeoff or landing. Yeah, because once you're in the air, you can kind of guide it. And pilots have a, a – Stephanie um, and I know a pilot, and he is a commercial pilot for Delta. He's a great dude. But if you think about it, like pilots really only have to pay attention. I mean, they have, they have to pay attention the whole time. But landing and takeoff is like when they're in the zone. And the rest are mm-hmm. like, well, let's just kind of – fly this plane and Cruise get up and, control yeah just well i'm gonna read my book now <laughs> like okay yeah it's it's uh you know the pilot so would you would you want him as your pilot um i think so i, th- yeah, I think it's, so it's always weird sometimes when you find out who from high school became a cop <laughs> and you're like oh no that guy like yeah but no, the pilot we know, he's a super nice dude, and he's like very, very smart, mm-hmm. and that's what he like wanted to do. So he like went, went to college. I think he went to Indiana State University for being a pilot. Yeah. So that's what he wanted to do, and he he flies or he flies internationally. He flies commercially. He flies um, domestically. I think it is. Yeah. Domestic. Domestic. Does he point out if you guys are on a just out hanging out that like what's on your left and what's on your right and the the weather and. Uh, no, I've never been on one of his planes, but he did tell us. No, I just left. meant in person. Like if you're hanging uh, <laughs> out at Dairy Queen, yeah, he uh, told, if you look he, over to your left, uh, he, he lets us know where all the exits are all the time. <laughs> Even though that's a flight attendant's job, he's still, he, he's, he's really a man of the people. He's really a man yeah. of the people. Uh, but he did do a solid one time. He's like, Hey, when we, uh, cause Stephanie and I went to Vegas about a year and a half ago. And he's like, when you're leaving Vegas, sit on this side of the plane. Cause you'll get a really good view of it. And we're okay. like, Oh, thanks David. You're so nice. Yes. Yeah. Now, th- thanks for not hooking me up with a buddy pass for free flights, but you sit on this side of the plane. I will say this, and then we'll move on, is because th- this is now David, the pilot, the podcast. Yeah. But one time, uh, he flies internationally, and he uh, Stephanie's a big fan of like coffee, and he went mm-hmm. to Costa Rica, and he brought her back Costa Rica coffee beans like it was no big deal. I was like, who the fuck do you think you are we go to the fresh market okay i buy her yeah. folgers and you're going to costa rica and bringing huh. my woman back beans who I like do you that think he is yeah the, you're bringing it back magic beans i like that you called it costa rica <laughs> like like so you know that guy that says costa rica also says homosexuals <laughs> these homosexuals from costa rica <laughs> they coming in they coming yeah. in but I think the plane crash was good. I think for me, what got me was like, not the explosion, but I felt bad for the dude that just got fucking pegged in the head by like some luggage. That well, that's a I've watched Lost a couple times, and there's a a suitcase that falls down and hits a guy in the head, and he starts bleeding instantly. And I'm like, mm-hmm. e- even like more so than crashing a plane or blowing up. I'm like, that's got to hurt so bad. Yeah, <laughs> like he a carry on. <laughs> Especially now with these carry-ons, I my carry-on is usually pretty hefty. Mm-hmm. Well, the the th- I guess the scary part of you see the the background, the plane explodes, but then the windows in the airport explode too. Yeah, just to give you as just how much force there was, mm-hmm. because Alex sees a premonition, and then immediately he's like, "We gotta get off this plane. We gotta gotta get off this plane," and he gets like the core people on the poster off the plane. 
And then that's where everything kind of starts, where the plane does explode. People are wondering, like, what's going on? How do you know? What's he know? How do you know? Did he rig this to explode? Like, what's going on? And then I think that's a very interesting concept. I I can't imagine, like, getting off a plane, the plane crash, and then, like, just driving home. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, because there's a scene where his parents and him are watching the news, but his parents are asleep, and he's just kind of, he's got that thousand-yard stare, Mm -hmm. kind of dumbfounded. And, you know, can you imagine, that was for a French class. Yeah. Yeah. They had that when I went to school, but I don't know that it was like a big field trip. It was like, you could apply to go live abroad over the summer. And stuff like that, but it's like I don't remember like a group of kids going to France. Yeah, and that's why when I told you like a group of eighth graders in, when I went to this Christian school, they they were gonna go to Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just... we did that when I was in eighth grade. Okay, so is yeah, but France is a different country, so that it does seem a little bit more elaborate. We. <laughs> um, the first thought that came to mind, though, was after the plate exploded, I, I, I wrote down, gonna be a short graduation. <laughs> well, probably long with that memorial. Yeah. Hey, please all, hold all your uh, applause till everybody's walked across the stage. You know, they <laughs> never do. How did you feel about, about the memorial scene? Uh, I don't even remember it, to be honest. What happened? Uh, basically, you've got they're at the memorial. They unveil like the eagle. Oh, the eagle, yeah, the eagle, yeah, for the all th- the forty passengers who died uh, from the school on there. Yeah, do you think the eagle was the right choice? I, I would have gone flies? with a non. I would have gone with a non-flight bird. I would have gone with like leave without maybe a penguin because it's a flightless bird. But I'm An like ostrich. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> An emu, something like that. I don't know. Like maybe just. But, but like an eternal flame or something, but not like something that flies and killed them. Yeah, not JFK flame could have could have worked out just fine. Yeah, uh, but th- then there's a, isn't what's his face uh, Devin Sawa is kind of people are just kind of looking at him during the whole yeah, thing because like, he was ma- the one that knew. Yeah, and he like saved these people, but they're all like, "Why'd you? How'd you know? How? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. He just spooky. Uh, he walks up to the teacher." And she's like, you scare the hell out of me. And he's like, okay. I'm sorry. And it's not like any they, they wouldn't have listened to him if he was like, we need to get off the plane. Nobody would have listened to that guy. Yeah. Well, right now there's a, have you seen that viral thing on TikTok where it's like, yeah. that motherfucker right there, he is not real. He is not real. I am telling yeah. you right now. The lady on the plane video. Yeah. and what. Obviously, I guess the plane the plane didn't crash or whatever, and she got kicked off. My biggest fear is like somebody doing that on a plane and being like, well, "Do I get off or not?" Well, what? we hit, there's the Twilight Zone episode of "There's Something on the Wing." Mm-hmm. Like nobody, I'll, every case nobody believes that person. Oh yeah, and I always sit by the wing somehow, so I'm like, "Is there is there a gremlin on there? Is there?" It's, yeah. There's the Simpsons joke where there's a gremlin on the side of the bus, and it's it's uh, Hans Mole Man driving a gremlin. <laughs> and Otto knocks him off a cliff. <laughs> I just never want to be on a plane where somebody is exclaiming that there is something on the plane or something's going to happen to the plane because I'm like, I got to get off this plane now just in case. I'm going to miss my flight. That's a, if they need to, they, uh, hey, we'll give you a $600 voucher if you don't get on the plane because we've oversold it. They should just be like, have a guy on the plane be like, 
you shouldn't get on. <laughs> Find the most superstitious person and just say, this is not where you should be right now. <laughs> Death is not the end. No. Yeah. Um, I did think about the memorial service, though. I liked their, that Carter was like, I'm never going to die. And that's like the stereotypical teen thing to say, but I'm never going to die. Yeah, just like I picture just James Dean being that way, like, I'm going to live forever. And then die at 27. Yeah, in a car crash, cursed car yeah. crash, which is available on uh, the Field Trip uh, <laughs> podcast where it was uh, Famous Curses. Oh, nice. And, and the then... car was named Little Bastard, just just so you know, Gavin. <laughs> And then um, you have Todd and Alex who hadn't seen each other in a while. And I, I only wrote this down because it was, it was strange. He goes, don't take take this the wrong way, but I miss you. How, <laughs> how's, how are you going to take that the wrong way? That's, that's like, like saying, they... hey, you look like you got in shape. How dare you? <laughs> well, I was going to, if he had not say, if he didn't say don't take it the wrong way, I'd be like, gay. Just yeah. oh, they're pretty. It's it's pretty gay to miss a friend. Yeah, you can There's... miss a friend. Like it's <laughs> no, you're if you if you miss a friend, it makes you gay. Like that's like when somebody's like no no homo. I'm like I you did just said I was wearing a nice shirt. Like... <laughs> but it's still like the late '90s, early 2000s, where it's like you got to establish, be like, no man, we ain't gay. We love yeah. the snatch. Yeah, hey, no homo, but I'd suck your dick from the back. <laughs> But no, no homo. <laughs> no homo. No homo. Okay, bro. Okay, good. Just bro jobs then for us. Just bro jobs. <laughs> and then uh, just the, the the comedian in me also noticed that I thought when they went up to like drop the roses off at the mm-hmm. at the memorial, I thought that was the end. And then Todd went up and did a speech, and I was like, No, you're going up after the headliner. Okay. The- yeah, that's the Booker going up and uh, hey, let me ride this wave, even though. Th- it's already gone on too long, and everybody's ready to go. I knew a guy one time, and I may have told this story. We, we talked off mic. I was like, am I telling the same stories over on this podcast? I don't know. Yeah. But I had a guy one time who bombed during his MC set. Headliner went up and killed. And then after the headliner, he goes, well, I got to redeem myself. And did like five more minutes. We're like, no, don't do that ever again. No, just let it go, dude. The show's over. Let let the guy come in and save it. And then nobody would have remembered that. But now you're <laughs> reminding people that you ate shit. For sure. Um, after this, this is when we start to see like death's design a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we get our first Rube Goldberg trap. And as somebody who hadn't seen this before, how did you think Todd was going to die? Todd was the shower guy, right? Todd was the shower guy. Also, Todd has now, uh, by, by the time the shower scene comes, Todd has now taken a shit twice in this movie. I think it's I think it's like uh, Pulp Fiction when everybody's, whenever somebody goes to the bathroom, they end up dying or whatever. Isn't oh, it? yeah. Thing and I think if you take two shits, you're dead. <laughs> uh, you can take two shits, but don't give two shits. Yeah, don't give two shits because then you're you're gonna die. You're gonna die. Uh, I thought it would be uh, he's gonna get electrocuted because the water is kind of following him from the toilet, and you get uh, whatever was he using a hair dryer or something. Yeah, he's gonna like uh, use a hair dryer. He's sticking the scissors up his nose. He's cutting himself while shaving, which I don't think he needed to shave. I don't know. I'm like, you're pretty smooth there already. Not, and not with that razor that's from 1918. <laughs> like, yeah. Was, that back then, they already had the Three Blades commercials going <laughs> from Gillette. Like, Harry's Shave Club would have mailed him something had he asked politely. Yeah, they, you could get the Lawnmower 2.0, which I've heard <laughs> on podcasts. It's not the 
not sponsoring this show. I'll tell you that much. Listen, if if Manscaped or the if Manscaped wants to sponsor us, please do it. I'll shave my balls for some money. I'll trim my pubes on camera, <laughs> on mic. Just... This time I'll get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to Patreon right now for maybe. Is, is that video yeah. on there? You don't know until until little, you pay us. I shaved it into a Final Destination skull, but it just <laughs> looked like the Punisher. <laughs> Do you think the Punisher shaves his pubes to be a skull? Probably. He, he calls it the Punisher. <laughs> I miss my family so much. That same guys that had the Punisher stick on the back of their truck shaved their pubes into the Punisher skull. <laughs> That's now canon. That, that is 100% a true I back statement. the blue balls. <laughs> this blue line ain't thin, let me tell you, it's real <laughs> thick. <laughs> oh. But then, okay, so Todd's death, it's, it, it's the first Rube Goldberg, you've got the, you got the water, and then it turns out he slipped and, like, chokes himself on a clothesline in the bathroom, and that is horrifying, because it's like a tight wire. It's a tight wire, and it's he's like slipping on the soap, which that scene could turn funny if you put the right sound effects <laughs> into <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, like, he's, he's slipping, and but then it, the scariest part, I guess, is that his dad's like, he, he ended up committed suicide, so even death makes it look like mm-hmm. he did it. Yeah, because after he slips... Um, he, you also have that one great shot where his eyes get real bloodshot, and you're like, oh, oh yeah. and that's like, oh, that's intense. But mm-hmm. then after death kills him, it it, it cleans the bathroom up. Which, mm-hmm. uh, listen, I don't care if I die. If it wants to clean my bathroom up, go for it. I I'm hey. mad about it. Yeah, at least they won't think I'm a slob. He he couldn't <laughs> even flush. <laughs> That's the that that's an uncut scene where where Dad Death goes. Well, let's not leave this Dookie in here. It's uh and Dan, Death in this movie often manifests as wind. Yeah, which Do you makes like me that? think of the movie The Happening. I've never seen um, The Happening. You mentioned yeah, I it think before. we talked about that too. But in that movie, they think you know part of it is the wind. So it's always. You have to have some indication that death is there, and I think they shot the movie when death is around. They ch- kind of changed the colors of the uh, of how they shot it, or the perspective of mm-hmm. how they shot it, to let you know that death is around. And they also death appears as like a shadow as well. Yeah, where it just kind of shows up in surfaces. And I think it's a good death. I think it l- lets you know, and I think it starts a good misdirect. And then the next character death is probably a huge oh shit moment for a lot of people because Todd kills himself. You've got that scene outside a cafe and Terry gets hit by the bus. Mm-hmm. Now, did you know that was going to happen to somebody who had not seen it before? No, I didn't know that. And it was, it's almost when you get a side point of view of somebody driving and then a, a bus or something hits them. That's mm-hmm. kind of a cliche in movies anymore, but that was just out of nowhere, and you went from such an elaborate kill and so many teases of, is it going to be the razor? Is it going to him being electrocuted? And then this one just there's no bones about it, unless the ones that were broken under the yeah. bus. But just bam, it's quick. It's one of the best jump scare kills of all time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very cliche now to have somebody be like abruptly beheaded or whatever, or hit by a yeah. bus. But this was like the first time it really did it where you're like, you're not expecting it. You think you're fine, but just bam, just smashed. 
And it's it's kind of a meme now too, where it's like people know that scene. Well, except for me. Except now for I you. do, but yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a good way to kind of thin the herd and not make it so predictable where it shows you, well, that this can come literally at any time by saying mm-hmm. as easy as like walking across the street. It won't all be this elaborate, huge setup. Because, yeah, I mean, there are news stories every day of somebody died a slow, painful death. And then there's like, yeah, they fell and it was over quick. Yeah. It's like a, it could be a real death, you know? I mean, we're still talking about, uh, weeks later, people are still talking about, about that submarine still. Oh, the submergible or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the the submersible were just like, it yeah. imploded on itself in like less than a second, and everybody was gone. Yeah, I so you'd see like, hey, they're going to reenact it with a can of soda, and you'd see, you just watch it crumple, and you're like, oh, God, I guess I'm... I'm happy it it happened that way if that's what what happened, you know. Yeah, but still, oof, what an awful way to go for sure. Um anyway, more jokes, more jokes. <laughs> no, uh, let's keep talking about death. I'm getting yeah. sad. Uh you've got um you do have Tony Todd though because Clear and Alex break into the funeral home and Clear says that line like, "Oh, I, I get such a rush being somewhere I'm not supposed to be." And I'm like, "Are they about to bang?" And that's the- what I thought. She's like, "I'm gonna open that casket all the way, and then they're gonna go all the way." Yeah, in the casket, and it's it's weird that they climb down from the ceiling. I I wouldn't think anybody would have ever broken into a, a funeral <laughs> home before. What an odd thing to do. And like, what a what an elaborate skylight for a for a I almost said a nursing home for a funeral home. Funeral to have. home, yeah. <laughs> and then they just step down onto a casket. They're just laying around all over that place. That funeral home is liable. This is the funeral home's fault. You don't leave a perfect ladder for somebody mm-hmm. to be like, oh, the caskets lead right down to where the skylight is. Perfect. I love that for us. You're just asking me to break in and sign that little book that people have out. <laughs> Who's Brent Terhune? (laughs) Who is here? See you soon. What? Huh? You should see the other guy. That's what it says. I think that this that part for me is like funerals creep me out. I don't. I've I've fortunately never been. I haven't been to a lot of them, thankfully. Mm -hmm. But it's always a little odd to just be in a room with a dead body. It's just very weird. It's it's weird because. Any other time, at least somebody's sleeping, but you know they're not there. Yeah, the body's there, but they're not there. Yeah, it's just it's just a weird feeling. And the like when we eventually we've talked about it for eight seasons already, but cover uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe. It's the whole body process of opening the body and removing certain things and draining things and filling it back up with stuff to preserve the body. It's it's uh like a weird job that I you really have to be suited for to be some kind of uh mortician type where like you're cutting open bodies, you know? Yeah, you have to be very you have to treat bodies with respect, but it also can't like bother you. You can't be bothered by like blood or the idea of death or whatever. Yeah. Um, no no you can't be like, This is icky. Yeah. You know. A friend of mine, his uh his girlfriend does like body removal for a funeral home. Like okay. she goes and like picks up the bodies, and I'm like, how? And he's like, she just doesn't care. She it does not bother her. She just goes, picks them up, takes them to the funeral home, and that's it. Yeah, I may you'd be like a transporter, like a yeah. weird Uber, <laughs> a weird Uber of the dead, like a wheel man for like we got to get these bodies to the home real quick. I'm a transporter. It's Jason Statham. 
<laughs> I don't ask any questions. Any cargo, just put it in the trunk. We we, we gotta go. Just driving crazy, like the shit's rolling around in the back. Like <laughs> crazy taxi. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get there. Other, I gotta get thirty more seconds. I gotta get to this checkpoint. <laughs> why? Why does his body want to go to KFC? <laughs> uh, yeah, just being a a body transport. I don't know. It's just something eerie about a dead body. Because mm-hmm. you know, there's even in the 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 scene with Tony Todd, the body, the arm moves. Yeah, and, and it's the, they say it's chemical reaction or whatever. But if you don't know that, all you know is that dead body just moved. I've seen this movie a bunch of times, and I I, I really hated how much the jump scares got me. Because mm-hmm. you got the lightning one, you've got just you got the arm twitching, and you're like, I forgot the bus, the, and the yeah, bus, yeah. Um, and I like that uh, Tony Tan goes the when the Grim Reaper comes, you don't fuck with that Mac Daddy. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I Mac Daddy death needs to be a character in this movie. Yeah, it, there should be Big Daddy from Land of the Dead, <laughs> and we should have Mac Daddy from Final Destination. Yes. Mac Daddy's uh, a very '90s thing to say too. Yeah, Mac Daddy. Mac Daddy. They, as this movie goes on, though, they they do figure out like how death design is happening. They are they're dying in the order they would have died on the plane, based yeah. on like graphs and things like that. Also, shout out to the news for showing a perfect animation of how the uh, how the plane crash happened. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, it's it's also like just showing how it happened. You'd think they'd be like. Well, viewer discretion is advised. You know, like no, showing like, real death. They're like, nah, here, here we go. We're just gonna boop, 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 and that's how it happened. Yeah, and it, he like Devin Sawa's almost the meme of Charlie Day, like connecting the the dots and strings conspiratorial style. You know, he's like, but but when I pulled Carter out, it skipped me, and now it's going on to, mm-hmm. and then you've got uh, the the teacher of Mrs. Luton, who is upset because she sent like the French teacher back on the plane to essentially die. Yeah. And she's tore about that. And her death was the most Rube Goldbergian of this movie. I felt like, cause she's mm-hmm. got the John Denver on there. John Denver getting a lot of play in this cause he died in a plane crash. Well, and that was a thing of, uh, with the writer, I don't remember his name now, but he heard that in an airport, uh, Jeff, Jeffrey Reddick mm-hmm. heard, heard, uh, John Denver in an airport. Because uh, here's our David Duchovny tie-in, Gavin. This was this movie was written as a spec script for the X Files. Yeah, it's supposed to be an X Files episode. So the entire I knew that going in. Mm-hmm. So watching this watching this film, because uh, I think Glenn Morgan and James Wong both wrote for the X Files. Okay, that doesn't surprise me. And yeah. so did uh, interesting side note of uh, Vince Gilligan. Of uh, yeah, Breaking from Bad and and Better Call uh, the Saul. Other. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, he wrote for X Files. He wrote some really good X Files episodes. He actually wrote an episode of the X Files that had Brian Cranston in it. I think that that was their connection, and yeah. I that maybe we should cover an episode of that on this show sometime. But I've tried to watch the X Files a couple times, and it just never stuck with me. I'm like five seasons in. Stephanie loves it. It's like one of her favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to get into it, but it's like I just can't. There's a lot of overarching story arcs that kind of are that that are throughout the whole season. You got the alien conspiracy, you've got the black oil stuff, mm-hmm. and you've got like the government conspiracy to like hide aliens. But then you have some really good standalone episodes. And Stephanie does a good job of like showing me standalones that are great. Yeah. 
if we cover an episode of the X-Files, there's only one episode that we can cover, and that is the episode called Home from okay. like season three or four. It was the only episode that's ever been rated TV mature for the X-Files. Okay. It was, it's so dark and so gross. It only aired one time and never re-aired on like when like TNT would run them. They would mm-hmm. never show that episode because it was just so dark. And once you watch it, it's great, but it is disgusting. That that was a show that I knew was about aliens and kind of scary or stuff as a kid. And mm-hmm. that was a theme song where I'd be like, I couldn't turn it quick enough. It was very much. Oh yeah. Are you afraid uh, of the dark? Yeah. So, but yeah, there there are some X Files episodes that we should absolutely cover on this podcast. That I think people okay. would very much enjoy. Um, so yeah, and the entire time knowing that it was an X Files script, whenever I saw the FBI agents, I was like, should this be Mulder and Scully? Is this who? Yeah, that- should be probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think they really tried to really railroad this kid. They're like, what are you doing? How are you doing? How, the only way you, you can control death is if you're taking lives. He's like, I'm not doing this. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Do- also, do you think he did the, this weird Rube Goldberg <laughs> killing? You know, like it's, it set fire to things and then the knife comes down and stabs her in the chest and the chair falls on the knife. And Oh, yeah. The, the Miss Luton death is, oh, You've got the vodka in the glass that, that, that cracks and spills, and then she mm-hmm. spills it into her CRT monitor. And I remember CRT monitors. I didn't know they were that rigged to explode at any moment. Uh, I refuse to talk about CRT on this uh, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's that- fine. Big ass computer monitors, and I think Devin Sawa had one in his room where it was like, remember when the com- computer to monitor took up the whole goddamn desk? Yeah, uh, it, like it was the the end of the monitor was at the end of the desk, and you're just like, uh, you've got mail, you know, like. <laughs> And that's what we see in like the late '90s ones, where like the faculty had like the computer. Um, mm-hmm. We also we also passed by the part where Devin, uh, where Alex is like mourning the death of his friends after the memorial, but he's like, ah, I've got to pull out this penthouse and <laughs> just... and give it a, a, cr- a quick grief jerk. <laughs> then he throws it at an owl, and it gets cut up by a fan. It's like, no, not my pornography. What was the significance of the owl besides scaring him? Is that like a thing that if you see an owl in your window or something? I don't think so. I think it's just an. I think the owl was just being an owl. Okay. I think Freud said sometimes an owl is just an owl. <laughs> that is correct. Sigmund Freud said that he's like sometimes an owl is just an owl, and sometimes it's your father's penis. <laughs> so if it's not one thing, it's my dead brother. <laughs> Thanks for bringing him up. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, did he have a premonition? Did he tell you to get off a plane? Uh, I told him not to get on the plane, but he wouldn't let the stubborn son of a bitch he was. <laughs> you, know, you know when they say to not rip the tag off the mattress? Mm-hmm. Listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go dig through the trash and I'm like, is this my mattress tag? Is this it? <laughs> Got to put it back on there. But then we kind of get get towards because Valerie's death is just crazy because she got the knife falling on her. It's mm-hmm. just if it, it's just the knife falls on her and then then then, then a chair di- like Fa- digs yeah. it into her. It's just brutal and it is the most like wacky of the deaths. It, it's a very wacky, brutal death. Yeah, it's it's like that's part of the beauty of these movies is you're trying to see, it's any any movie whether it's heavy kills. 
it's why we have best kill as a as a mm-hmm. subject because sometimes it it's a knife to the chest which every movie's done that but sometimes it's a little more with these types of kills yeah and then the whole house explodes and alex runs out and that's when he goes on the run mm-hmm. because he goes on the run with um i think does billy die before mrs luton or after uh billy hitchcock yeah he died with the train yeah was the train before or after miss luton i think it was after okay um that whole train scene that is that is a very big misdirect mm-hmm. where they're on the train tracks that they're driving crazy i will never die as mm-hmm. carter would say and the car gets smashed by the train and then he pulls him out and saves him and then Billy Hitchcock is put out of his misery by like a piece of random shrapnel. Yeah. And then somebody's still got to bang his mom. <laughs> Stifler's mom. Somebody's got to comfort her during her during this uh, during this uh, trying time. He's very over the top and very annoying in this. Can, can we agree? Yeah, was this before American Pie? This was after American Pie. American Pie oh, came out wow. in the summer of 99. This came out in the summer okay. of 2000. Maybe Maybe he got the roles around the same time because this, his role was so much bigger in American Pie. Yeah, but it's so much smaller, and and it's like he maybe booked it, and then was gonna play the annoying kid role. But wow, he, is he annoying in this? Yeah, and it's not, not like endearingly annoying. It's just like, hey guys, what's going on? Oh my god, what? What? Yeah, yeah. Just uh I'm glad he's dead is what I'm saying. Yeah, me me as well. And this was like Sean William Scott when he was about to be his most powerful cuz he's got Dude mm-hmm. Where's My Car after this. He's got the American Pie movies. He's just kind of he, he was kind of everywhere for a while. Yeah, I don't I don't know where he is now. He's in commercials now I think with Jason Biggs. Oh yeah, probably like Uber pistachios. Eats. Yeah, Uber Eats or some kind of pistachio thing or something or other. Uber where they come pick up the dead body. <laughs> Uber, <laughs> Uber grief. <laughs> grief be like, I, i'm here for the deceased be like yeah i said no contact uh just uh go around the back you'll you'll see him hey it's mac daddy i'm here to pick up the dead body <laughs> you just leave <laughs> you just uh you just see a f- photo of your porch and then like taking it away <laughs> yeah they have to when they leave the dead body on the porch they have to take a picture like it's the amazon guy <laughs> <laughs> I my favorite thing is I DoorDash Chick Fil A one time. I know mm-hmm. Chick Fil A. I know. I know. I know. I didn't know you hated the gays so much. <laughs> sometimes I want the. Sometimes I want some waffle fries for free. <laughs> but I I love I DoorDash it one time, and there's nothing more ominous than a bag of Chick Fil A on your porch that somebody took a photo of and sent it to you. That seems like something that Christians do to scare liberals. <laughs> they just leave a bag of Chick-fil-A on the porch. It's a sign. Yeah, we're coming, just not on Sunday. Oh, no. What do they want? Does this mean I'm not welcome in the neighborhood? But this lemonade's pretty good. It's freshly squeezed. And, Man. And, Man. Yeah. and the note says, my pleasure. My pleasure. It and it for as uh, hate filled as the food is, my God, is it good? <laughs> it, it, it they're is doing so something good. right down there. They're, they're just doing not, something uh, right. <laughs> treating gays correctly. Uh, um, I did also comment that it was nice to see a horror movie for once that had supportive parents. Like Alex is usually like, like he's supportive. lost his mind. We got to get him a counselor. We got to take his porno away. 
God, please don't. <laughs> no. Um, and they're just very supportive. Um, you got the train, you got the bus scene, and then the ending for me is where the movie really falls short mm-hmm. because you don't have a big villain like a Jason or a Michael Myers. You really can't have a big showdown. It's just yeah. Alex alone in like a cabin trying not to get tetanus or get stabbed by something in a closet. He's duct taping everything. It's like if you had to baby proof your house, if you somehow got a baby all of a sudden where you're like, I got to make sure there's no sharp edges on anything. And uh, where was the, where did the cabin come from? I don't um, remember. It was Clear's parents cabin or something. Okay. And there's kind of locked away there. And he's trying and why, to stay. He's trying to stay safe. Why is he eating cat food? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't know if there was something about that. Where like, is he afraid that death's gonna poison like some fresh produce? And Regular like, food. <laughs> so he's just eating cat food. <laughs> it's like death. <laughs> death won't mess with his deviled ham. You you know if they would have held that shot for much longer, he would have gone over and shit in a box. <laughs> you know that's what? how you I, die. You shit I, twice in the movie. <laughs> Listen, I know bad. One of my friends, their their daughter goes to a school, and they're putting litter boxes now <laughs> in the in the bathroom. I heard they, about. They it. got rid of the mystery meat, and they're just serving them fancy feast down there. <laughs> I heard you can identify as anything now. You won't be a cat. You you can shit in the box. <laughs> That old damn Michael Myers shit in the box, let me tell you. <laughs> goddamn Michael Myers coming around here shit in the box. That goddamn Michael Myers, he identified the fucking cat now, let me tell you, the blackest tabby. <laughs> you know you know, Michael Myers, when he shit in the box, he's wearing those coveralls, so he had to take them all the way down. He's just butt-ass naked. <laughs> in the mask. Like a romper. You gotta take it all the way down. I gotta poop at Coachella, but my romper. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so we get, and we get, uh, clear, uh, Devin Sawa figures out that, uh, she's next, not him. Yeah. Cause she's he didn't next. Switch seats. Yeah. Cause he didn't switch seats or whatever. And that's where you have like death coming for her. Um, I also wrote that the police show up to chase him and he just, this, he just rows away. He gets in a boat and like, ha ha, you can't Nobody's rowed that quick before. It's like. <laughs> Even a team, a Harvard rowing team, is not as fast as this guy. <laughs> the, the the Van Winkle Vosses? That's true, yes. <laughs> they could do it. I believe in them. But yeah, he's running through the woods, chased by uh, the FBI guys, and he, he gets to her house, and we find that, uh, once again, we get uh, electricity's a big uh, scare tactic. We've got the power line that's flopping around all over. And that that, for me, is where... You want your third act villain to like make his appearance and really want to fight and take them down. You gotta fight, but the the main villain of this is just a whipping around power line, which mm-hmm. is visually pretty exciting and very scary. We 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 had a branch fall on our on one of our power lines recently during a storm. It was a whole ordeal, but having that power line, but it's kind of like it is a power line whipping around. It's not that exciting. It's like yeah, well, just call the power department out here and we'll be fine. You need a that's the the concept of this movie is good and and not as exciting like you kind of said where it's you have you death is everywhere and ominous and always looming but then you don't really have a thing to show yeah death, you know the big bad and like or fight against and then you have Alex making a his his grand sacrifice of like I'll grab the cable and sacrifice mm-hmm. myself and it'll skip you 
And then he gets thrown back, and he ends up surviving through like CCPR or resuscitation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, well, how did that? How did that happen? Like, how did? Huh? Yeah. Well, the, and he's he's that way. He's not sure that this thing's over with. But then uh, Carter and Clear think they're in the clear. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you like to be in the clear? <laughs> oh, so uh, bad. You know I, know I, what I'm I, I know a dang old dang yeah. I know <laughs> and the thing is, they you know the, all their friends died on a plane to France, and what they do six months later, they got <laughs> on a plane to France. That just shows disrespect. Maybe they drove. You don't know. Yeah, they drove to France from whatever <laughs> town they were in. They could have taken a ferry. They could have taken uh, a ferry. Uh, <laughs> An Uber. Who? What parents have France flight money? I don't do, mind. Do you have? Do you have France flight money now? If I saved up, I could probably have France flight money. But my parents don't. That is for damn sure. My parents yeah. ain't doing that. Yeah, my I wouldn't have gone to France as a uh, as a as a kid. Yeah, wee oui, wee, oui. Paris. Wee oui, wee, oui. Amale du fromage. <laughs> fromage. Amale du fromage. It's all you can say. It's all you can say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we get the. So he survives and uh, he says, Don't touch anything. You're grounded by the tires. Yeah. And I don't know if that. I don't know how true all that is about. I think it's fine. I think it's true that you are grounded by rubber and things like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, he grabs the power line. He survives. They all go to France together. And then he's like, he still has like his his murder theory like on his person at this fancy ass baguette place. I assume yeah. it was a baguette being served. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and he's not sure. And they're like, let it go. And it turns out he was right. Yeah. Death was looming. Yeah, because you've got like a sign swinging by, and then Carter saves him. Then it skips him, and then Carter gets killed as we fade to credits. Mm-hmm. And a bus. We get almost a, a near hit with a bus. Yeah, buses are the real villain here. <laughs> it's just public transportation trying to kill all of us. That's yeah. It's it's if you've ever ridden on some public transit in a in a big city, their death is there. <laughs> it is on the Washington D.C. Metro. I've I rode the Metro. Death is there. If anything, you don't want to touch those metal poles. No, any no. handrails. <laughs> nope. Just stand there as stiff as you can and hope you don't fall down. Lock your legs. Brace yourself. Uh, but yeah, what did you th- what did you think of this movie? You've seen it. I don't know how many times, but times, you're familiar with it. I think it's still good. I think it's good. I think mm-hmm. the second one is the best of the series. But this is mm-hmm. uh, set some really good groundwork for it. Um, I got some. Uh, do you have any trivia for you for us? Because I got some trivia. Uh, you go first. I have some, but you go. You go ahead. Okay. So. The flight in this movie is called Flight 180. It's like the plane that goes down at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And they were going to call this movie Flight 180, but they decided to rename it Final Destination through uh, because they didn't want people to be confused with other airplane movies like Air Force One and Con Air. Ah, uh, yes. I'd, I'd say, hey, is this Con Air or Flight 180? <laughs> I love Con Air, though. I unironically love Con Air. I think it's got some fine acting in it. I think it's got a good time. But if if they would be like, Flight 180, is, it's a sequel to Con Air, I'm on board. I'm watching that. I like uh, Airplane with <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Mm-hmm. And I also like uh, Soul Plane with Leslie Nielsen. I don't think he was in it. And I like Air Force One. Get off my plane. 
Nice. Um, the original casting choices for Alex and Clear were Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. I could see that. Yeah, who would later go on to star in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. Spider-Man. They kiss upside down. They one do. One of them does. <laughs> yes, the Spider-Man is upside down, mm-hmm. and Mary Jane Watson is there uh, standing upright in the rain. I'm mm-hmm. somewhat of a Spider-Man myself. <laughs> I think it's a good series. Um, also, uh, like I said, this features the shortest opening disaster in the film series. The plane crash only lasts two minutes. But I, I would say it's pretty effective. I think two it minutes, is. Because I was like, oh, a lot of stuff's happening. And and it's always scarier when you're kind, it's kind of an, in a thing that you might be on every day, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm also effective in two minutes. So That's true. My man. <laughs> High what? five. High five. We did it, y'all. We did uh, it. Budget $23 million, and the box office was $112 million. So you could, see, just by those numbers, if you didn't know there was a sequel, you could probably guess that there was a sequel to this. Yes, 100%. Also, in the original draft of the script, the survivors who get off the plane were seven strangers. Mm-hmm. But due to the teen slasher's popularity at the time, the, the survivors were changed to a high school class. Uh, this is from James Wong. One thing we, we were all in agreement on from is the start that we didn't want to do a slasher movie. I became very excited when we decided to make the world at large in the service uh, of death our antagonist. Everybody, or everyday objects about uh, whether or not uh, our characters are going to die and more about uh, how they will die and how they can uh, delay their own deaths. Mm, spooky. And this is from the writer uh, uh, Morgan. the The main thing that they wanted about death is they didn't they didn't want some kind of Michael Myers type figure that you never saw the killer. So we said that, and they said, "Go ahead and go write it." Once we had a basic story, I started cataloging the strange coincidences in my own life. For example, I was in the Vancouver airport waiting for a flight when John Denver came on the loudspeaker. Mm-hmm. So like like you mentioned, it's like those weird ironies. Where they're, mm-hmm. where they're even, like, sitting in the bathroom, taking their buddy poop. And he's like, yep. is that John Denver? He died in a plane crash. Mm-hmm. So, overall, though, I really think it was, I think this is a good movie. I'd like to cover the second one at some point. I think we could do that. Yeah. Um, uh, do, you have an oh, do you have an oh shit moment? Was when it they, when they were taking a shit? <laughs> when they were taking shits together? Yeah, that oh shit <laughs> I think oh shit moment has to be when she gets hit by the bus. Like, that's when you know, like, some of these deaths will be long and drawn out. And some of these will be quick and vicious. My oh shit is the uh, the plane blowing up because it was not so much the plane, but how it knocked the windows out and really yeah. Because you you already went through the plane and the, then it didn't happen, and then you're like oh shit, and that's yeah. where the moment came from. Yep. <laughs> oh shit, and that's my moment. Yeah. What um, about best kill? Best kill has to be the Rube Goldberg of the of the teacher. Like that has to be just like with the with the knives and the CRT monitor uh, mm-hmm. blowing up on her and like the house blowing up and on fire. It's just so over the top and so the thought of being stabbed and then a chair stabbing you harder. It's just mm-hmm. uh, brutal. You don't think it's the uh, the shower kill? No, what, with Norman Bates and whatnot. No, I think this one is. You, you know, you never see the knife go in. Actually. In <laughs> He he shot it in such a way Alfred Hitchcock did, but no mm-hmm. that that knife getting stabbed by a chair oof so good. Okay, I'm gonna go with the shower. Okay, okay. Because because I don't agree with you. 
Sometimes that's all it takes. Just, sometimes the shower's all slippery because you got too much conditioner down there. I still think that maybe he could have like gotten off the wall. Or like pushed up on the sides. You know how you stand up. He had options. He had options. He wa- he wanted to go. <laughs> he didn't fight hard enough. <laughs> also, what a tight fucking wire for a for a clothes like that is. Jesus, it's just like a, the hitman garrote. Yeah, <laughs> it's piano wire. Is what it was. Yeah, it's like that was actually uh, well, what you don't see like you see his dad that briefly, but his uncle is Uncle Polly from The Sopranos. That's true. Yeah. And uh, they're going to make them an offer they can't refuse. Absolutely. But overall, good movie. Good movie. Season five is now underway here on this podcast. Death is looming. Death is on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's on the podcast. Good. Well, now I'm really nervous and okay. afraid to continue. Um, But yes, Thank you so much for tuning into another season of this. You can, of course, support us on Patreon by patreon.com slash they're coming to get you. Being at any tier, get to get you some real goodies, uh, bonus episodes and such for the $5 tier and above. Uh, really help us support uh, the podcast. Just This is really fun. Brent, what you got to plug? Um, Just uh, the field trip with Brent Terhune. You've been on a bunch of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, I think we've done, like, the scariest movies over there. We'll have to revisit that list because they re-release it every year. Yeah, we will. And we forgot to say, if you like uh, Final Destination, what movie should people check out? Ooh. Mm, I think it's got to a... be part two, at least. Yeah, part two, part three, part four, part five. <laughs> <laughs> the I mean, Happening. I'll say The Happening. If you're in for one of these, you're you're in for all of them. Yeah. Um. Back to the Future, um, part one with, with the Rube Goldberg machine to feed the dog at the beginning. If you like, that's just Rube true. Go- like- Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you just like Rube Goldberg, bro- yeah. if you like Rube Goldberg machine, I'm sure there's a bunch on Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, like YouTube and stuff. It's hard to say. Um, are there any? Oh, and that OK Go video. Didn't they have a Rube <laughs> Goldberg machine in that one? <laughs> and then uh, Con Air. If you like airplane movies, Con mm-hmm. Air. I'll say Lost, and I'll say the show Manifest. Those are both plain disaster movies. Oh, oh, Yellow Jackets. Watch Yellow Jackets. That okay, is a I haven't great. Seen that. That's a great show on Showtime that also features a plane crash, and it's all girls. Ooh. No, thank you. <laughs> it's a Bechtel. If it passes the Bechtel test, I'm out. I don't want no Bechtel in my test. <laughs> but what are we watching next week, Brent? I don't remember. What did you say we're watching? <laughs> we are going to watch hot off the heels of the latest movie being released in the series. We're going to be watching the first Insidious. That's right. Now I remember. Hey, we're watching Insidious next week. Good. That's what we're watching. Good. I'm really excited for that. But so next week we'll do Insidious. At some point we'll do the Ins- Insidious, the Red Door, uh, when Brent watches the rest of it. Yeah. I'll explain on next week's episode. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Brent, take us out of here. They're coming to get you, Barbara McDaddy. They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you, 